I'm Jacob Tender. I'm Mike Comite. And this is episode 30 of Bantha Fodder. We are making our triumphant return to your feed after six months of radio silence. <laughs> Was that intentional, Mike? I mean, th- we've had a lot going on personally in our professional and academic lives. But when it comes to Star Wars, I also feel like I needed to take a break as well. Did you feel similar at all? Yeah, I did. I'm, I'm kind of curious as to, to why you felt like you needed to back off a little bit i think well because we stopped after solo was our last kind of review episode and it wasn't i mean not our episode was fine it didn't make a difference to me but our our verdict on solo was just kind of like oh that was a movie it was fine it wasn't bad it wasn't amazing and um i just felt like the fan base that i was kind of perceiving around us was just like turned really toxic all of a sudden and horrible and (laughs) i mean that started with the last jedi i feel like but yeah, it just it became kind of not fun for me to talk about Star Wars. Yeah, I'm I'm there with you. I I stopped looking at the Star Wars feeds quite as much. I unfollowed a lot of like Star Wars related accounts just cuz the, you know, it was just there's a lot of infighting and a lot of arguing between a bunch of people that were initially brought together because of this fandom. So I I don't know. I I've kind of cooled as well. I also have had a lot of stuff going on, so it's not like I have as much time to to read the comics and the books and uh, rewatch the movies like we had been able to do for a while, I guess, leading up to June. Because you want you want to draw a, a line between people that love Star Wars and breathe Star Wars and people who like to talk about it and who just think it's a cool thing and appreciate it and appreciate like, you know, smack talking it, but while respecting it as well. And then just people, you know, like saying certain movies have ruined their childhood and Essentially, you just don't want to contribute to all the noise, regardless of what camp you see yourself in. That's kind of where I stood. And we also, I mean, we found other things to do with our time together, you know, like in between then and now, right? Yeah, we started another podcast. (laughs) Yeah, so if, if, yeah, I mean, if if you were missing us, you can always check us out on Podcasm, our other other podcast. Yeah, and the first episode of that show is actually a pretty good explanation. Um, I think we go into more in depth on our feelings on like why Bantha fighter is sort of taken a backseat um, and why we're able to, to continue doing a show every week that isn't necessarily about science fiction. Yeah. It's, it's basically like cliff notes is that it's just kind of what we do before Bantha fodder and what we did after Bantha fodder. And we're like, this should be a podcast because it's, it's kind of interesting to us why at not? least. Yeah. yeah it's, it's interesting to us and it's something we can commit to without a little bit of, I mean, we we go through it all in the podcast, but yeah, Bantha Fada is a lot of work and caring about Star Wars is actually a lot of work too, if you actually think about it. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's, it's not like we don't put anything into the show. You know, there are Star Wars shows that are really good that I, you know, occasionally still dip into because I, I like the thoughts of the, the people that are recording that they're obviously huge fans that don't need to like constantly refresh themselves to have, you know, interesting thoughts and, and know all the lore and like all the characters and how everything interplays. But for this show, like, at least on my end, I always put a lot of work into it and, and, you know, trying to find new and interesting angles to, to bring up on the show. And for some people, maybe that's not as like difficult to do off the cuff. Um, but for us, you know, I, I put in that prep work and then in post, you have always done a lot of work to edit the show to make it sound amazing. And I think that band is, you know, I don't like to toot our horn too much, but I think it really is one of the the better sounding Star Wars shows on the market. And I I think it should be because you're a professional podcast editor, you know what you're doing. But um, yeah, you know, it is, it's a lot of work and, uh, and that's kind of why we've been a little absent, but it's okay. Uh, We can still dip back into this whenever we do feel, you know, passionate and interested in in Star Wars and we have something to talk about. And uh, And we do have that today. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's like we were looking for the right thing to spur our interest. And Jake floated a topic by me that had been floated (laughs) to him. And it was just too good to pass up. And I actually got really excited about trying to talk (laughs) about this thing. So, so Jake, why don't, will you introduce our guest, please? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, for the past couple of minutes, we've been talking about all these, uh, you know, these Star Wars fans that, that know all this stuff and, you know, they, they get really passionate and really like frustrated with, uh, with Star Wars and because they're so entrenched in the fandom. Um, so what we're bringing you tonight is uh, a perspective from a Star Wars fan who 
has absolutely no idea what any of that fandom stuff is about save for what they hear in this podcast (laughs) it's an amazing amazing concept to not be entrenched in star wars at all times (laughs) and i am a huge fan of it and (laughs) and as a result i think the topic tonight is something that we we would have never been able to think of before so without any further ado uh i'd like to introduce my girlfriend may evans may say hello Hi. <laughs> May, welcome to the show. You've been a listener to this program for a long time, so I guess first of all we'd be interested in uh in any critiques that you may have before uh <laughs> critiques of the show? Yeah. Yeah. Um well, it's funny that you ask that. I have listened to quite a few of these, but today I re-listened to the two Christmas specials. Ah. Because I was trying to remember what they were. And I was so relieved when I saw... I don't know if this is a Christmas special. Is that what this is? We have no idea yet. If I put Jingle Bells at the beginning of the theme song, (laughs) then it's going to be a holiday special. That will be a a last thought when I'm editing this episode. I was so relieved when I saw that they were only seven minutes long. Because I thought, oh man... I don't know if I could talk about Star Wars for more than seven minutes. Well, You'd be surprised. You, we, <laughs> our, go, our sites are usually set on 30 minutes and we end up going for like an hour and a half. And it's never <laughs> planned like that, but it's, it's how it ends up. Yeah, it was supposed to be a short show that uh, never turned out that way. You're a fan of Star Wars in the way that you like the movies. You've We've watched all the movies together. I think all of the movies together at this point, even the prequels. And I wouldn't say that I like all of them. Right. Just and that's not because of any, you know, the ones that I don't like are the ones with, oh boy, what's his name? Jib Jab. <laughs> Jib Jar Jar. Jar Jar. Jib Jab. Jib Jab the, <laughs> <Jib-jab> the Hut. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, and I didn't see those as a kid or anything. So, and I really didn't hear any critiques of them either. So I went into it blind and I still didn't like them. So you independent of all the hubbub of the prequels don't like the prequels right i'm just a cliche like everybody else that's interesting what order did you see them in i saw them in the release order okay that's right i saw like the six seventies ones first or whatever four five six one two three yeah i think we saw both rogue one and solo in theaters together you and i went to see solo last summer yeah and i saw the force awakens which is probably i mean that was a really good movie you I didn't commit to like the multiple viewings at like whatever time <laughs> in the morning that Jacob went to see. I think I saw The Force Awakens twice in theaters with Jake. And then I think he yeah. saw it like four four or five times. Four or five times, yeah. That's so crazy. Because we saw it once just regular and then once in 3D. And once we saw it kind of on a whim, we went to that mall and we were, we were like walking by the theater and like, why don't we just go see that movie? Yeah. That yeah. was the 3D. And I have to say 3D Star Wars is basically the same as regular. It's just like, <laughs> I'm not a big yeah. 3D person. I don't know. Overall, you're a fan of Star Wars. You like Star Wars. Yeah. But it's not like you're you're not on our level. You're not going to go out reading the Star Wars novels. Oh, no. Let's uh, speak for yourself on that front, Jay, because like, <laughs> I can barely do that. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do that. You know, it, it, it takes... Yeah, but you have a Star Wars podcast here. here yeah, I guess. I guess. I guess. I'm, what I'm interested in is that, you know, May, like, obviously she's only listening to this podcast, probably because she's dating one of the hosts, but she's she's still able to listen to it and enjoy it. And so I guess my my question in asking for notes is, is more like, what about the show like appeals to you as sort of a, a lay fan of, of Star Wars, like a, a nor- like a, a normal, you know, run-of-the-mill, yeah, I like Star Wars. I've seen it. It's good kind of person. Yeah, it's hard to answer that question with, like, removing the fact that you and I are a couple. Yeah. Because I do often listen to this and just, I'm, like, smiling ear to ear because, (laughs) um, Mike, I don't know you, but you're both pretty dorky, it seems. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, like, I don't know how you two found each other. How did you guys find each other? Is that a good thing to ask on this podcast or is that a podchasm question it's um, probably a good question because this is where it started i guess yeah we, it, we met it may have a, come up on the show friend. before but but yeah it's through dan bogosian he yeah he sent you my music and then you listened to my music and then i don't and then 
the first time we really connected, I think, um, like communicating wise was when you interviewed me for something for the last album cycle that I was doing. It was kind of, it was like a little before that because Mm -hmm. yeah, Dan, Dan introduced me to your music in the car on our way to skate and surf festival in 2013. So we, you know, we were listening to the EP in the car. And uh, his intro was basically like, oh, you got to check out this, uh, you know, singer songwriter guy. I think you'll really like him. He's kind of linked in with the Venetia Fair, um, which is a, a band that was really popular at the time. And um, and so I listened to it and I did like it. And then after some time went by, Dan told me that you had another record pretty much finished. And he asked you if I could hear it. And he sent me the link and I listened to it. And then I think like within a week or so, and I, I remember... I think I remember where I was for the conversation because May was living here in the, in the same town that I was, but she was in her old apartment. So I I do recall like having a conversation with you prior to the actual like quote interview that, that we had. And I think we ended up talking about like the star Wars X-Wing games for about 45 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) That's like the cartoon, right? Uh, it's it's a no, it's a PC game that was uh, out in like the early nineties or late nineties. Yeah. Think um, think about like those early two thousands, uh, you know, computer plane games where you'd have to use like a joystick and you know you could basically see like the inside window of a cockpit or something. It, it was just it's like a flight simulator almost, but for Star Wars. Do you talk just about that game for an hour? Or what did well, you say? I don't know. It was a long conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there was a lot there. But yeah, that was the that was the impetus of both our friendship and I guess this podcast. Wow. Yeah. Mike Comite is the other woman in our relationship. <laughs> yes. Like where's Jake? I wish she'd stop saying that. <laughs> I mean Aaron I mean consistently talks about how I talk to Jake more than I talk to her, which is I mean, like I honestly I dig out like two or three hours a week for Jacob and I don't think I've hung out with Aaron once this week, which is a terrible thing. But like it's it's we're I'm swamped with, with all these podcasts and the only time I have to do it is when I get home from my day job and something's and gotta dinner. something's gotta give, you know. I'm gonna look up Aaron in the phone book and we're gonna start our own little podcast and it's gonna be like That'd be oh, great. God. Whenever you guys are recording, we'll be secretly recording and Oh jeez. I don't know what we'll talk about, but we'll find something. <laughs> oh, man. So May is not the topic tonight. May, May is not the topic, yeah. but May has She's the topic. our guest that is going to introduce the topic. Okay, I'm going to start by saying I've had these thoughts since I saw The Force Awakens in theater for the first time with Jacob Tender. Um, okay, so here's how it goes. You're sitting in the movie theater, you're watching The Force Awakens, everything's normal, everyone's in their costumes. It's all good. And then there's a scene towards the end where Harrison Ford is all of a sudden out of nowhere wearing a parka. And it just it doesn't make it doesn't really make any sense. They're on another planet. You know, Ray is wearing a dress made out of toilet paper and it's cold. You can tell it's cold. And all of a sudden, Harrison Ford whips out this blue parka of modern times with a fur-lined hood, I think. And he just looks as snug as a bug. And he takes it off at one point. He puts it back on. He takes it off. Um, I'm assuming everyone who's listening to this has watched the movie, but he ends up dying without the parka. Whoa, and it's just... spoiler alert. <laughs> It's just like a a roller coaster, and you just think, where the hell did that parka come from? Like, did this not strike either of you as odd? It definitely one hundred percent did not. Oh my gosh! It, but, but I love that it struck you. <laughs> There's books upon books on the shelf behind Jake right now, and definitely one of them is a breakdown of every single piece of clothing from Star Wars. Right, Jake? Uh, I, I think I've looked through it before. It's huge. But they put so much thought into every little detail of Star Wars. I'm looking at screenshots of this parka, and it's fleece-lined. Yeah, and I have some theories. I don't know if we should jump right into them, but it's I, yeah, it's I'm completely out of place. Okay, so the first, the most obvious theory. Okay, Harrison Ford... <laughs> He's not a young, you know, fresh spring chicken anymore. He's clearly aged a couple years since the last movies. But 
it's cold. Are they filming it in an actually cold place? Do you guys know? I think there's a lot of soundstage in these scenes. Oh. Like, I think the outdoors. There's Well, that doesn't add up. Well, I mean, he's got to gotta look the part if it's going to be cold out in the scene. I just assumed it was like a diva move. Like, okay, I'll be in this scene, but I got to have my parka. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, Jake, do you know anything about the filming locations for Starkiller? Um, no, I don't. Wait, what is Starkiller? Starkiller base is the quote-unquote planet that they're on where there's snow and he's wearing the parka. But that's not the planet's name, right? Yeah, it is because it's it's it was a planet that they built their base into. And so now it's more base than planet. But think of, think about the Death Star, but think if they started building the Death Star on Earth instead of building it in space. Right. It's I think it's definitely I want to think it has to be a diva thing because okay, so they land on the planet in the Millennium Falcon and he has the coat on out of nowhere. He just has this gigantic parka on and Ray is standing there, you know, in her toilet paper skirt and what is the guy's name? The hairy guy, the big hairy guy? Chewbacca? <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay, no, I'm looking um, at it here. It says Starkiller Base was shot in Iceland. That's right. <gasps> that makes so much yeah. sense. Because you can just see the contract, you know, like Harrison Ford is sitting there <laughs> like a couple years before this is shot and he's looking through it and he's like, Iceland? What are they going to have me wear? What is the guy's name? The guy who is the uh, the Death Eater? John Boyega? <laughs> no. The, the Death, the death eater? eater? The Stormtrooper? <laughs> the Stormtrooper. What's, John Boyega, what's yeah. Finn. What's his character? Finn, yeah, okay. So Finn, I think... No, Ray isn't even there. Finn and Chewbacca are there. That's what it is. And they get out of the Millennium Falcon, and he has the parka on. And then he disrobes. He throws the parka aside. He doesn't care about it. Later, they find Ray. They come back. He puts the parka back on. Well, we think he does because Chewbacca gives it to him. And then Wait, really? I blocked yeah. all yeah. of this out of my memory. It's been most oh. of this is is true. It's like... <laughs> no, it's so like discreetly like maybe it wasn't in the contract cuz it's almost like they think, "Okay, we got to have him have his parka. How are we going to build it in?" And Chewbacca gives it back to him. And then he takes it off. He's 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 going out onto the like mezzanine bridge to die. The Kanye West floating stage and he takes it <laughs> off before his death scene. So clearly they didn't they didn't want that to be the last image of Han Solo. They wanted him to be in his like leather cool guy jacket. But at that point they were inside, so it's just bizarre. Do you think that maybe they shot scenes well, they probably shot scenes out of order for that. And do you think that maybe there was some continuity errors or something like that and they had to try and cover it up. Like, oh, that's interesting. In some scenes, he was like wearing a jacket and they had to... And then they moved to the soundstage and it's like, wait, Han was wearing yeah. a parka a second ago, but in the in the soundstage thing we shot yesterday, he wasn't wearing the parka. So I feel like this is some script supervisor was just probably running around like making sure like, okay, like the picture from yesterday's shoot is that he had this parka on. And then think, halfway through the shoot... Do you shoot, think this is Harrison Ford's jacket? Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me because I don't know that fleece matches the Star Wars universe. Like, I'm glad you asked that, Mike, because it turns out, which movie is it? The third one that they released initially. Which one is that? No, I think you're thinking the second one, Empire Strikes Back, when they're on Hoth. The cave with ice? Yes. Yeah. yeah he has a parka in that movie, too. And he does. if you Google Harrison Ford parka, the internet is just full of theories about what color this jacket is. And it's really kind of, I, I don't want to say it's stupid, but it's kind of like the blue dress Facebook thing. People are like, is it brown or is it blue? And they're confused because they're looking at the jacket from this new movie, whichever one it is. They're looking at the blue jacket from, you know, 2016, and they're mm -hmm. saying, it's blue, it's blue. And then there's other people looking at the jacket from the 70s going, it's brown. <laughs> so I don't know, because I mean, that whole scene where he's in Echo Base in Hoth, that jacket is, it looks blue in this shot, but I think the whole thing like was tinted blue to give it that cold feel because it's on an ice planet. Yeah, but I think what's happening is people are seeing that jacket and they're saying, it's kind of bluish, but it's brown. And then it's there's brown. other people seeing <laughs> it's 
brown. And then there's people looking at this jacket from Force Awakens, and they're saying, well, that's blue. It's two generations of fans colliding into an intergalactic war. Okay. If I may. <laughs> you may. If I may, may. Uh, I, th- I think for the filming of The Empire Strikes Back that there were actually two jackets. I think the one that we see on film is primarily the blue one, but there was a brown one also. Wait, Empire Strikes Back. The 70s? Yes. Okay. I believe that there were two different versions of essentially the same coat in two different colors. I don't, I can't speak to what was actually used on stage in any given scene, but I'm pretty sure that there are two because there are displays that you can go see, um, like legitimate Star Wars franchise displays that have a brown one on display. Um, But if you look at the photographs, there are, there are certainly like, practical photos of him on a tauntaun wearing a blue coat are his um stripes different on his because he has the his rank and everything and his awards his accolades displayed on his his shirt so you think maybe he got like a new colored jacket when uh i don't know it looks like the i mean i'm seeing pictures of both and it looks like the insignia on both of them are pretty much the same so i think that there were probably two different jackets they probably ended up going with the one that was blue because that was the one that was used on screen the most but um yeah it's hard to say and then in this movie in if you when i was looking at the movie itself i was like this coat looks brown but it is blue and i i pulled out that book may was talking about earlier and i have some uh some really nice clean photographs of han solo in his cold weather gear with insulated boots as pablo hidalgo wrote in his uh this old DK book, but what, why, why, <laughs> why did this strike you? I, I gave this no thought at all. And then you, you brought this up as like, oh, you guys should talk about this on Bantha Fodder. What made you think about this coat so hard and for so long? The Force Awakens has been out for years. Are you talking to me? Yes, I'm, ta- I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I just think... This, I clearly remember this striking me in the theater as like, okay, that's weird. That's like a gigantic parka. But don't you guys think it's weird? Like, nobody else in these scenes is being treated this way and, you know, wearing a gigantic parka. And then there's Harrison Ford in his parka. And they even have a line. They get out of the Millennium Falcon when they land. And Chewbacca goes like, And um, Harrison Ford goes, oh, you're cold or something. And it's just like they're they're clearly, clearly something is going on here. I'm surprised no one else is talking about this. (laughs) All right. Canonically, this is what happens in the scene. Okay. Han Solo, Chewbacca and Finn take off from the resistance base. Okay. Hang on. They let's back up. Back it up. Okay. Back it up. Jacob, back it up. (laughs) Back it up. They're standing in front of this, um, like, hologram, and they're plotting what they're going to do, and they go, okay, let's go. And everyone's like, go, go, go. And you have the impression that they're going right then. Where does the parka come into play? Hang on, guys. I gotta go get my parka. I heard it's cold there. No! (laughs) No! That's really that, that's interesting that you point that out too because I was gonna say like oh he probably you know he had it stowed away but he didn't because that yeah. the Falcon has been sitting on Jakku for whoever who knows how long so it's not like I mean unless Han stashed a parka in the Falcon years before he lost it no. to whatever you know like that's the only thing I could think of is that like oh yeah I got a parka good thing I stowed this thing away and because it's a smuggling freighter you know it's yeah. it's got all those secret compartments or like. But somebody would have been using it between then and now. Like, that's really funny. I would believe it if it was the same jacket from the other movie, but it's clearly different. It's similar, but it's a totally different jacket. But if they really wanted to be smart about it, they'd get that old jacket and they'd have a scene of him like in the closet of the Millennium Falcon, like taking it out, dusting it off and going like, oh, you, my old friend, (laughs) it's been so long. They didn't even do that with the dice in in Last Jedi, you know. Like they had the dice, and I was like, "What are those?" When Luke was doing that thing, like I had no recollection of what the importance of the dice were. And yes. I think the thing 
about that is that they really had no importance. It was just something the set decorator put up and they tried to give it significance in Solo and in Force Awakens and Last Jedi. Yeah, there's so many opportunities. All these things are so, I assume, well-preserved, like this coat, parka, excuse me. They probably could have gotten it, right? I mean, who owns all this stuff now? Does anybody know? It's in a collection, probably in a, a warehouse somewhere on a lot. Some of them are in display cases, like you can yeah, see. Yeah, they did have that traveling display. I wanted to go see that in Cincinnati, but I wonder if that's still going. I did see a Star Wars exhibition in Boston at the Museum of Science many years ago, and that thing travels around. You do bring up a good point. Like, where did the coat come from? The The first assumption would be that he got it off of the Falcon. Let's... You know, let's just say that he had it stashed stash somewhere. Maybe maybe that's the That case. no one else thought to look in this one spot in the Falcon where his parka <laughs> yeah, was stowed. But like, I mean, are people like going to just toss out a nice winter coat if they find like the, the Falcon changed hands like two or three times before he got it back. Right. So are those people just going to like toss a nice winter coat? Probably not. But OK, let's let's say that that's not the case and that when he recovered the Falcon, pretty much everything was gone. He had to hang his dice back up, but everything else was like basically starting from scratch plus all those dumb modifications that were made in the meantime but Mm -hmm. that would implicate that he got this coat from the resistance which would make sense i'm sure they have a bunch of them that they're you know you can just grab them out of the coat room and and go there's a theory but then why didn't they grab one for finn yeah was finn like no i'm good (laughs) like we need to get going i've got a coat and then you know I mean, he's been to Starkiller Base. He knows how cold it is. Like, he used to be a janitor there. He was the janitor there. there. He probably <laughs> had to go outside and shovel all that snow away from the hangar. <laughs> and and the coat that he has is, you know, it, it's like a, it's a leather, it's a leather jacket. It's not made for the cold. That's a good theory, though, because you have to allow for the time for all the pilots. They show them, like, fueling, I think, running around their ships. They're getting ready. But... The Millennium Falcon landed before the pilots attacked. Yeah, and the pilots in the ships don't need parkas. They would have flight suits, which yeah. would be insulated on their own. But Han was just like, yeah, I'm going to get myself a coat and then either not get one for Finn or Finn like, declined one. The amount of times that he takes it off and put it, puts it back on. He that's takes what, it off That's what once. drives me crazy. No, twice. He takes it off when they get there. Mm-hmm. He leaves it in a doorway. They just happen to exit through that doorway when they leave. <laughs> like, I don't know how big this building is supposed to be, but it seems just huge to me. Yeah. They just happen to leave in that doorway. Chewbacca gives it to him. Mm-hmm. He puts it back on. Then he immediately takes it back off. And they go in to put those little explosive devices around. Yeah. Where does it go the second time? Well, they go to find Ray yeah, the first Ray- time. And then the second time. Chewbacca hands him the coat and mm-hmm. he holds it. And then, yeah, they, they're like continuing, continuing like their, their mission, which is to like blow up this thing. And the coat's gone. Where's the coat now? Do you mean the last time that he has it on? <laughs> he, he he doesn't put it back on like he it's handed he to does. him by Chewbacca. They have a, a short little shot of them outside, maybe going to a different building. I, I've got this pulled up for, for right. reference. He has it back on. OK, uh-huh. here it is. And Ray looks very chilly. Ray. Or, oh, uh, she looks freezing. Finn actually in, <laughs> in the book in the. Uh, in this little visual guide for The Force Awakens, it says, Ray, having grown up on a desert world, is ill-prepared for the frozen planet that houses Starkiller. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> like, But it's not like she was given a choice in the matter, right? But she does appear when she gets to the forest after all this, you know, the the killing and everything. They end up in the forest and she and Kylo Ren are about to fight and she almost looks sweaty. Yeah. That's the weird That's thing. That's the adrenaline. But there is a scene in between there that we're missing there there was a deleted scene where finn actually does give her his jacket a little sh- little shivery oh he a deleted scene yeah it was deleted i think oh. there may still be a shot in the movie where she's wearing it like when they you know basically watch kylo killing his father from way up above no i don't think so i don't think she's wearing it okay but well, this there- is this is not the parka this is right. This the is leather Finn's jacket. like leather jacket. Yeah. Mm. So where's that parka? It's just laying somewhere. That's what I'm asking. So I'm 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 looking at this. Yeah. Okay. He's taking it off right now, and it's presumably he just throws it down on the ground again, and uh, and that's it. Okay. So yeah, there is a scene in the movie here where she's wearing it. It's like when she's uh, when she starts rewiring stuff. 
Now, is this a special version of the movie? No, no, no. This is this is in the movie. But that was a very, very short clip that we just saw there. So maybe it is, like Mike said, just a continuity error. Yeah, well... The I whole jacket... Ray's jacket would be a continuity error. Hans right. isn't, because we... I, <laughs> I can see that, yes, he does, in fact, put it back on at some point, take it back off... Put it and, back on? Take it back off twice. That's... Two, okay, that's, two take on putbacks. He's right. an old man, and his his body temperature is very likely we, to fluctuate. <laughs> We we actually never see him put on the coat. We no. see him take it off twice. He likes to disrobe on camera. That we know. <laughs> he likes, it's kind of his fetish. It's, it's in his contract was that I n- I must shed this many layers of clothing <laughs> throughout the course of filming this movie. Please, thank you very much. <laughs> okay, let's say let's say they added the parka on last minute, which kind of seems like it makes the most sense to me. It doesn't match any of the other clothing. It doesn't make sense. So it seems to me. He had this parka in his trailer, and he's like, ah, it's too cold. I can't. And maybe there was a big hubbub, but they just said, okay, just wear it for the scenes when you're outside. Okay, so they do that. Why don't they just add it in? You know, why can't Ray wear it when she's fighting in the woods? Or why can't they really do something with this parka? Because the problem I have with this is that then they make these replica parkas. And are the the Columbia jacket parkas are those based on this parka i don't know what columbia put out back when force awakens but it seems like every star wars movie they kind of just have some product to put out like that is emblematic of what somebody wears like for the rogue one premiere they had cassian's jacket and i think they had a generoso jacket too that wasn't very close um and now this this holiday season 2018 they have the replica jacket from the crew of star wars yeah well they did the cast jackets last year so they had the luke han and leia coats from empire strikes back ah they had those for sale last holiday season that's not the han coat for empire strikes back that's the han coat for um no no the the ones that columbia made last year were for empire strikes back I don't think so. Because if you if you look at that blue parka, it's different. It looks just like the one that he's wearing in the. No, no, no. Here, let me uh, let me hand this book across <laughs> the bedroom. Yeah. So what you're seeing there is the one that he wore during the Force Awakens. It's it's not the same. The one that he wore during Empire Strikes Back was quilted. That one looks more, you know, like nylon, something you'd buy at like Under Armour or LL Bean. So it is Harrison Ford's jacket. <laughs> That's what I just got from that, because I think you're right. How do you get away with that? I don't know. I I do really like these Columbia jackets, though. They're really good. I've never worn one. They look like a ripoff, though. <laughs> Why? They look super warm. The The idea of paying $500 for a jacket is insane to me. That's insane for people like us, yeah. Like, I know that they have, um, what's it, Canada Goose, like, they make jackets, and and they're, it's like a thousand bucks for, like, a, a big big old jacket from Canada Goose. And that's that's insane because I, as a kid, I mean, and I feel like most people in this country get their jackets at like Marshalls and like Target or whatever and they just need a snow jacket or something like that. Well, you know, these ones are both warm and fashionable. And Is it fashionable? I mean, look at this. Yeah, <laughs> man. I, I think I like this crew one most out of any of them. I was really partial to the Cassian Andor one because I really like that, um, the like biker style rib shoulder thing that goes down the length of the arm. It's kind of like an old bomber jacket style, but these uh, this new crew one that they have out this year, it just looks so so warm. Is this the blue one with the orange? Yeah, yeah. I don't think that looks very stylish. It looks like it. I don't know. It looks like something that you would wear if you had to like work at an airport. Yeah, <laughs> and be very visible on the yeah. <laughs> tarmac. <laughs> Was probably the idea. <laughs> I mean, this Wait, is, is a replica the... of the crew jacket. Oh, so, which crew? The you know the folks that are filming. Yeah, the actual the actual production team. Hence the like Norway tag. Oh, that crew. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you meant maybe the like the flight crew on the you know Death Star or something. I don't know. Interesting. I would uh, the Cassian jacket from Rogue One looked really good. I like that. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of fur on my jacket, so I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't get a jacket with fur. I like, think it's removable. 
if it's real well, fur, whether or not it's real fur it's definitely removed i would i would go for faux fur you know like i don't i don't it's not the look i have a problem with it's just the fact that it's actually like just a dead animal around my head but was the first time that they released star wars jackets after the force awakens i mean i don't know what happened in back in the 70s and the 90s you know like when these movies were re-released or released and re-released but <laughs> i i have a theory that that is when they first did it and it's probably because this was Harrison Ford's jacket and he wore it and they said, oh, no, we need to call Columbia and make sure it's cool that he's wearing a Columbia jacket. And then Columbia's like, oh, yeah, and we're going to sell him for 500 bucks. You're positing that Columbia actually produced the jackets that were made for the films. I think he happened to be wearing a Columbia jacket. Maybe it wasn't a Columbia jacket. Maybe he's wearing like an H&M. And they call H&M and they're like, no, thanks. So they're like, well, we'll just go with Columbia then. Right? No, no thanks. Is this crazy or am I like on to something here? <laughs> Take that as a no. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can totally see. I mean, the costume design is such an important thing for film. And like, so I don't think that necessarily Columbia manufactured any of these jackets for any of these movies. But I do think that they secured the rights afterwards to to remanufacture them like they took these things and like okay so i mean look, look i just sent over a, a still of uh Jyn Erso and cassian andor from rogue one god cassian looks so good just, here. <laughs> just he looks fantastic Jin, whatever but like cassian look at that like five o'clock shadow slash half beard his like kind of greasy long hair it's like i strive for that look every it's single day and i'll never be able to pull that off <laughs> <laughs> Every single day, I just want to look exactly like that, and I can't do it. These these look like uh, definitely more well worn jackets, though. Like the casting the Andor jacket of of the ones that Columbia released was definitely the most winter ready. I would say, like the the Jin Ursa one is fashionable, yeah, but it's more of like a fall jacket. You know, you don't want to wear that when it's when it's the bitter cold. But even Cassian's looks like it's been worn for so long that you know, like the. The, the padding and the stuffing is sort of like clumped in certain spots and it's not really good at, you know, keeping you insulated anymore. Yeah, I believe this jacket. Yeah, this is a believable jacket. The one that Han's wearing in the movie looks brand new. <laughs> it's just been dry cleaned and everything too. It's just you dang. think it's like his assistant was just there been like, Han, you're going to be cold. I mean, well, Harrison, <laughs> Harrison, you're going to be cold. No, that- you got to take this thing. The assistant made that mistake, and then they got fired. It was the second assistant that that called him Harrison. No way! I bet Harrison Ford's assistant is his own age. Like it's somebody who's been with him since like day one. I bet it's Mark really? Hamill. No way! <laughs> I just can't get over how good these jackets are, and I can't get over how quick they sell out too. So fast. Well, how many do they make? I don't think they really say. They they it was released a few like probably two days ago. I think it came out. And because I remember I was looking at the countdown timer and 16 hours left. And there's no way I'm going to remember this. I didn't even want to set an alarm because the cost, I mean, from Columbia, if you were buying them firsthand from Columbia, it would be $500. And already that's too much for a jacket for me. Like, I don't care. Like, especially this year is being like not a very Star Wars neutral. It's just like a very much a Star Wars jacket this year. So, yeah, I don't know. It's you worry about like going out of Vogue. You want to get like a timeless jacket. And I don't know. Well, that's that why you, you got to get one of those uh, the cast jackets that they made last year because I mean those are those are obviously still fashionable and they were created the designs were created in the the seventies. Yeah, the Han was very nice. I even like I like the Luke one. I I'm not huge on beige, but I like the design. I like the jacket that Luke wears at the end of the first movie, A New Hope. The award at the ceremony. Award ceremony, which is yeah. also my first, uh, my favorite rather Star Wars moment. It is a great moment. Have you ever watched the throne room scene without audio? Yes, that's exactly why I like it. <laughs> it's so good. It's, it's so funny. <laughs> just hearing Chewbacca just scream into an echoey hall on Yavin. <laughs> yeah, um, but the jacket he's wearing in that, that one they should make. I agree. And I wish that I wish that they would make it in two colors. I want it in the throne room yellow that Luke is wearing. And I want it in Panda Baba orange because it's the same jacket. Oh, let's see that one. Everybody at home is furiously Googling along. No, chapter markers. I'll be sure to put these on the chapter markers. So take a look at your podcasting app, and if it doesn't have chapters, find one that does. 
that obviously the arms are, are cut off on this one, but you can that see. That seems to be their style in, in Star Wars, because that's that's the same exact pattern you see in Cassian's arms, like that kind of ruffle. I, there's got to be a name for it. It's like a bomber jacket. That was the, the style at the time. And like, but the racing. shoulders down the side of the arms, that's yeah. the... Yeah, that, okay. that was sort of the look. A lot of like like racers would wear this, like, like sport car racers and... Like there's a very strict set of style guides. Like isn't isn't the thing about Star Wars is that there cannot be a zipper in Star Wars? Oh, is that right? Yeah, which is why I think the jacket like the North Face or like Columbia jacket thing is so funny because they all have zippers on them. And like <laughs> maybe this is why they never show Harrison putting the jacket on. Right. Or well that's really the kind of detail. Taking, yeah. That they that they take into consideration obviously somebody was paying attention to the to the old one because the new jacket it, while it doesn't have like the furry hood it's definitely reminiscent of the older jacket it's definitely close and and they got the details i mean it, it's down to the neckerchief like you can see a scarf that he's wearing in this movie and he's also wearing it the exact same he has it tied exactly the same way now Empire. let's not get into the neckerchief until next year's podcast <laughs> tune in in 2019 for the neckerchief (laughs) the neckerchief episode that's a great look okay so zippers in star wars luke zips up his jumpsuit when he's getting ready for the battle of hoth so there is there are zippers in star wars as soon as the battle of hoth and empire thank you reddit and then people are saying like finn slash pose jacket has a zipper saying buttons aren't are fine i i maybe this this whole style guide for clothes is less like strict than than the internet makes a theme maybe we're kind of getting into into the toxic fandom of zippers uh, <laughs> you know like people who are just like insisting they know all about the this the costuming the, and the design team behind star wars but they actually don't and they're just insisting that their way is right it does look like uh, Finn's might have a zipper, but it's hard to say. I don't know. This is this is a strange, strange topic for this podcast. Never thought we'd be talking about zippers and snaps at this level of detail. Well, we haven't gotten into snaps yet. Do you have some opinions what, on snaps? What you got no. on snaps? God, I wish I could whip something out though. Just <laughs> <laughs> did you notice? <laughs> Let's talk about Han's under jacket in Force Awakens. I love um, his what, under jacket. What are those three little cylinders on his on his chest? So, or like he has it looks like he's had his has like pens in the pocket on his chest. Those are like rank cylinders. I think we've talked about that on this uh, podcast before. We have. Mm-hmm. What are they? They they indicate rank. They're they're like code cylinders. So huh. yeah, like you you would wear these, and they're actually encoded, and you know there's there's like utility to that, but it indicates the uh, the rank, I guess that you you would have, which would be a good tell as to whether or not this was like a a resistance jacket or one that Han somehow had smuggled along in his personal belongings. Rank cylinders. This is fascinating to me. Wait, but these aren't on the parka right they're on the no not in the parker they're on his like little leather jacket that he wears throughout the whole movie they're like little little tubes they don't look like like i guess they could be rank cylinders but they look like little carbon you know like little carbon capsules that you would put in like the like in a soda stream or whatever well they definitely didn't have soda streams on the millennium falcon mike i would expect i don't know they could have a (laughs) They could have like back to tanks that were probably carbonated. Were back to tanks carbonated? That's a good question. So in this book, the Visual Dictionary by Pablo Hildago, uh, it actually says that these are detonators. I guess, I guess the cylinders are used by the Imperial forces and perhaps the First Order as well. But the ones on Han's jacket, especially his, you know, his uh, his standard jacket that he wears on Jakku and and throughout most of the movie um he does have these cylinders but these would be detonators of some kind well they're detonating the kanye west (laughs) yeah those are different though chewy had those in his bag i guess did he yeah we got about an hour out of that topic may are you surprised (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't know i feel like we could talk for ages about it (laughs) is there anything else um on your like you know really pressing Anything you feel like you need to get off your chest about this jacket before we wrap up? I don't think so. I think, I mean, I I haven't heard much from 
you, Jake? I know you didn't really. I absolutely had no idea why this was a topic. I'll I'd be, like, I'd be like quite to hear honest. What you think the jacket means? I think the jacket means that both Han Solo, the character, and Harrison Ford, the actor, were going to be cold in Iceland, <laughs> and nobody else. Nobody else seemed cold. I think it's. I think it's admirable that Ray. Ray was you know, taken prisoner. Right. I, okay. Daisy. I think it's admirable that Daisy, if all of her shots were also filmed in Iceland, that she was able to perform in those conditions. There's a lot of snow flying around. It looks pretty dang cold. Do you think her scenes were shot in Iceland? Or? I would think so. I imagine the lightsaber fight at the end took place on a soundstage. I was just oh that say definitely that did really that's in the special features that was a really cool stage that they built for that but even just the scenes where she's you know uh, th- they ran from one building to the other and in the deleted scene um, you know she jumps in a speeder with with Finn and she's wearing Finn's jacket at that point I think it's possible that they could have recorded those scenes because it, it's not like she was outside for very long the scenes that they shot were very very short it's just her running to and from it's not like she had dialogue that she had to nail while standing outside in the cold she has had to look cold <laughs> that was her her whole job so i don't know maybe that some of that was actually done on a stage but i don't know it, it looks really similar to the surroundings that they have for the rest of the shots that were apparently filmed in iceland so it's hard to say this whole thing makes me think of um do either of you follow julia louis dreyfus on instagram by any chance i do not actually yeah i do she's she's a really good follow <laughs> it's either julia louis dreyfus or veep one of their accounts will show like behind the scenes pictures of Julia Louis Dreyfus, and in Veep, she's always wearing heels. But when they're rehearsing, she's always wearing slippers. <laughs> but the difference is, she takes the slippers off and puts the heels on when they're filming. And Harrison Ford left his heels off; he put his moccasins on. And I don't know; it just. It's interesting because he doesn't he ask to be kind of killed off in this movie. Isn't that the the theory that he wanted to be done? Well, I think that was Hmm. like the agreement when they went into it. He wanted to be killed off in Jedi. He wanted his character to die in the third movie that they made. The the original movies? Yes. Oh, why? Seems like he's probably making a ton of money. What was his rationale there, Mike? Do you recall? I have no idea. I didn't know that was a thing. I, I think he wanted his character to, you know, sort of have like a, a redeeming arc. I think there was, from a storytelling standpoint, he saw more benefit in Han Solo dying than him living on. Yeah, I, I like what you said about the Julia Louis-Dreyfus and her slippers, though, because uh, Peter Cushing, who played Grand Moff Tarkin, this character here, he recorded all of his scenes wearing basically moccasins. Really? Yeah. <laughs> You never see his feet, that's for sure. You don't. Like he lo- he looks absurd from the waist down because he's got these like big poofy pants, like <laughs> these high socks, these really goofy shoes. It's pretty funny. Wouldn't that be funny if the the Peter Cushing from Rogue One, like the CG one, if they gave that <laughs> that's like I don't you can't can you call it a sprite, but like that character <laughs> the that they injected into the scene. I mean, like <laughs> they really just did his face, right? They didn't have to CG his body. Or yeah, anything. like they shoulders. Used, they up. used that stand-in actor, and then they they you know, to retouch the face to make it look like Peter Cushing. Yeah, hopefully. but I like to think that the that the actor that they hired was also wearing slippers for fun. <laughs> That'd be so great if he's like, I really need to get into the role as Peter Cushing. And this is how we <laughs> have to do it. I insist that I wear this. I'd be wearing moccasins too if I were an actor. Why not? Yeah, I mean, if they're sh- I wouldn't be wearing pants if I was an actor and they were shooting from the waist <laughs> up. See, those are the kinds of demands you can make after you've done three or four Star Wars movies, I think. <laughs> I would do that as an extra on set and I'd be fired so quickly. <laughs> Here's your coat, Mr. Ford. <laughs> Son, you need to put on pants. <laughs> Son. <laughs> if Harrison Ford called me Son, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> I'd have to interact with him first. Have a reason to interact with him, that is. Man, I don't have any, I don't have Force Awakens saved on my computer, so I can't really, like, see this whole parka off and on kind of thing. I've been scrubbing back and forth through the movie on uh, on VLC, but it's, um, yeah. She's, I gotta say, I, I didn't, I thought that May was misremembering a lot of this when she first brought the idea to me, but she's not, like, there's no point where he puts the jacket back on, on screen, but he does have it off and then on again 
at some point. So I don't know. This is something I didn't notice. Mm. A deeper dive mm. into the Star Wars fandom. Try to keep up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, May. It's it's been great to have you here in my office during a recording of Bantha Fodder, not just uh, silently calling me a nerd in your head from the couch downstairs as i assume you do this is really just a way for us to save bandwidth because may usually streams netflix while we're trying to record (laughs) (laughs) yeah she's (laughs) it's all diversion to really just be able to record one seamless episode of bantha normally we have to send each other each line of dialogue that we say (laughs) (laughs) it's always a pleasure to inform people um on the topic of star wars which is apparently something i'm very well informed about so well, we value your perspective please join us again for another episode because i would love to talk this kind of stuff this is, the, this is the kind of thing that i feel like no other star wars podcast will talk about and that's why i think people are going to keep coming back to band the fodder every six months when we put out episodes <laughs> <laughs> and so if anybody does want to check out this episode or any others of, uh, of this wonderful podcast, you can go to banthafodder.fm specifically for this episode to check out the show notes and all the other relevant goodies. You can go to banthafodder.fm slash episodes slash 30. And uh, I guess that's it. Until next June. Yeah, till next June. Oh, wait, well, I mean, we could even say till next December when the next Star Wars movie comes out. Listen to Podchasm and you'll, you'll hear about, you know, our, our absence from this show and why, why it works you know, and why it doesn't work and, and what we hope to do with this in the future. But um, I, thank you for joining us, May. Jacob, thanks for doing this with me. You're welcome. <laughs> My pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Now that was our pleasure. Just say, say bye. Everybody say bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> dead air might can edit out yeah don't worry this will all be gone the, <laughs> <magic>. <laughs> the scrap in this whole episode <laughs>